Welcome to Real Black Content's Forum Podcast. This is Big VJ checking in. Today's conversation is going to be about the words that were spoken by our brother, Jamie Foxx, as he took to the podium speaking about the life, the legacy of our brother, Mr. Floyd, who lost his life underneath the hands of four police officers. Grafted Americans, devils, he lost his life. Before we even begin this conversation, let's give our peace and blessings to the Floyd family, right? Because we know that this is a tough time and there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of things going on in this nation underneath your family member's name, right? So peace and blessings to the Floyd family, right? <laughs> Shout out to our brother Jamie, who as a Oscar Award winning actor, he's lending his star power, his influence, his name, his platform to a situation that's much bigger than himself, right? So the comments that our brother Jamie Foxx made, we're going to play them shortly. Very impactful. I think there was a lot in it. So it's important, I think, that we have the conversation about his words because uh, they were very profound, right? You just have to give credit where credit is due. Many of times, you know, there's criticism towards actors that get involved in social events, right? But just to see, like Minnesota, man, I mean, when Jamie was on the platform, it was him, it was Steven Jackson, it was, um, it's an artist out of Texas. I'm not sure of his brother's name. Uh, it's not Zebo. He's out of Houston. It'll come to me, right? Man, I can't think of his name. He's not on rap a lot. I can't think of his name. I, I, can, I can't think of his name. I did see New York rap artist, though. Mike Son, he was up on the podium as well. And, of course, Jamie being the bigger of the celebrities, he was speaking. I think there was each individual speaking parts after that, but I just have a clip of Jamie Foxx I'm going to play for the family because he posed a question. It's going to make great conversation in my estimate, though, right? It's just something I feel like as a family, we need to talk about. Won't hurt, right? Won't hurt. Um, also, I see a few clippings, and, you know, a photo was worth a thousand words of protest that's going on in the name of Mr. Floyd. Louisville has some protests going on. The city of Atlanta has some protests going on. Minneapolis, of course, has some protests going on. Maybe a few more cities in Minnesota, I'm not sure, right? Um, but it's like it has some hot spots around the country. Of course, you know, the city of Detroit, we also had protests going on. Um, it's very hard for me to speak on protests because the foundation of these protests be kind of tricky to me, right? There's a lot of moving parts in dealing with protests. And we're going to touch on that later as well. This photo stood out to me, though, because it's like 
there's a grafted American police officer. And there's like a wall that was built around him by original people. Because somehow this police officer, he kind of got, I guess he got lost from his unit, his flight. They somehow became separated. And I'm pretty sure there's a little chaos. He wasn't able to radio and have someone follow him over. But he kind of got off to himself. And it looked like the crowd was going to do something to this officer in Louisville. I believe this is taken out of Louisville. And our people kind of like built a wall to make sure that he was protected and nothing happened to this police officer. Um, now, I'm just showing this photo to the family. The picture's worth a thousand words. These men, black men, built a wall to protect the safety of one police officer. Hmm. Right, so. Also, another photo that caught my attention was the Amish young ladies, right? They was holding up signs. I'm not sure if this is Minnesota, Louisville, or Atlanta. But we have Amish young ladies, though. The community is coming out. Standing Against Oppression is on their signs. Justice for George Floyd is also on their signs. Uh, keep in mind that there's a lot of photos I do not have. And you see the Arab community coming out, speaking about it. They're out with the protesters. You see the Latino community out, you know, protesting. I, I'm not really surprised. Latino and black people is like the same thing, so that's not really like a big shock. You see our Caribbean brothers out protesting. It's a unity thing, right? That several different ethnic communities are coming out protesting against the actions of those officers and how they handle Mr. Floyd, who is no longer here. Um, now, the way this protesting thing is going on is that I, I just really, again, I, I don't have a lot of words for the protesting or the looting. Um, Cause see, a protest is is kind of like when you have an unorganized protest. Then you can have like CIA members get involved, and you can get local police officers get involved, and they can do vandalism, do shootings. They can just do things to manipulate that crowd, right? It's just like um. Once you're familiar with Counter and Tail Pro, you just kind of look at everything different. You stay away from large gatherings, right? If, if it's not, because these people, right, the enemy, you know, the devil, he can plant people inside these crowds and have them do things and innocent people be arrested for it. It's just like, you got to be careful with that thing. That's number one. Number two, we created content already on Real Black Consciousness Forum that when we're talking about a riot now, black riots equal white wealth because we're familiar with how many of these commercial properties are owned by so-called white people, right? The insurance companies are owned by so-called white people. And then the contractors that's going to be involved 
after the insurance company cut the check to do the work are also going to be contractors that so-called white people. So, you know, these drafted people is going to be passing checks all around and they're going to do it off your name, off our name, off our pain. That's just kind of like how I go. So that's my thoughts about the protesting, the riots, and now the looting. I mean, it's all depend on perspective, right? When somebody's talking about looting, it's perspective. There's a micro and a macro. Okay, so now you have some original people out here looting. They say Target. I know in Atlanta, I think it was a mall. They went into the Gucci store, took some Gucci's out. So now this is what's happening. Out of the name of Mr. Floyd, right? Out of his name, they're using his name, his energy, his legacy to now pivot and loot retail stores for personal gain, right? But we can all agree that that's, this is a micro level. This is no different than what the United States government does, right? It's like, like 9-11, for an example. 9-11 was used to pivot off of so the United States government can go and do the real looting in Iraq <laughs> and Afghanistan for their valuable resources. The only difference between the two is that on a micro level, at least, these knuckleheads that go into these retail stores, they're going to take whatever they can get and then they're going to leave. They're not going to leave a manpower behind so that every time somebody roll into the Gucci store or every time somebody roll into the AutoZone or the Target or the Walmart, they're, they're going to get their piece out of the deal. That's the only difference, right? The United States military, on the other hand, when they do looting in Libya, in Syria, in Iraq and Afghanistan, they're going to leave behind personnel and manpower that they're going to continue to get a piece of those resources that you have coming through. But it's looting, though. That's why I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, uh, it's perspective. Because many of these situations, this is why I don't like to speak about them. This is the importance of black-owned business. Not making this political, right? Not blaming the victim. This is the importance of black-owned business because if you kind of look at these situations, many of these situations that occur between original people and grafted people, it's always like the beginning point is always like at a non-black-owned business, if you kind of notice it. You had a non-black-owned business, something happens, law enforcement is called, you're killed. It escalates out of the blue, then you're killed. That's like, that's how it works. So, Again, the foundation is normally at a non-black-owned business when if you just would have went to a black-owned business and it's your pattern, it can almost save your life because if, when you act crazy in a business where the owner looks like you, he's not going to call the police. He can, he can handle you himself. But when you're doing business, right, you're voting with your dollar in non-black-owned businesses. When it doesn't go right, the first thing they're going to call is these grafted American police officers. And these police officers are policing communities which they don't look like the people so they already scared of you bro you're six foot you're five nine you're five foot it doesn't matter he's scared of you when he see you he don't even know you 
I don't care if we talk about Trayvon. The beginning of his story started off at a non-black-owned business, right? He met a devil. It went crazy. Mike Brown's story started off at what? Non-black-owned business. He walking up the street. It went crazy, right? Then you have the Sterling situation in Louisiana. He's in front of a non-black-owned business. The police come out. It goes crazy. Then you get the brother in New York, Gardner. He's in front of a non-black-owned. It's like it's the same thing, bro. <laughs> but even after all this, we don't never see the importance of just going to a black-owned business. Like many of these cases, they all start from you hanging out at a non-black-owned business. Something goes left. The police are called. Then somebody ends up shot and dead. It was another brother, not Mike Brown. I can't think of his name. He went into a non-black-owned business. He took a juice and a thing of chips. The St. Louis police meet him. He's kind of like he's not mentally there. He has a knife on him. He's standing 15 to 20 feet away from the officers. They gun him down, put the cuffs on him, put him in the car. But the foundation of the story is it all began from a non-black-owned business. See, but that's a different story for a different day, though, right? Because we're going to protest, and this protesting, you watch it now, is going to turn into, we need the boycott. And then this boycott is not going to go anywhere because the boycott is not going to go long because our community is the only community that you have to beg that they spend money with people that look like them. Different story for a different day, though, right? Let's play the Jamie Foxx video, and then we'll come back and have a good conversation. I want to say this, that I've experienced this before, um, able to watch the Rodney King when I was in L.A., mm-hmm. um, able to talk to Sabrina Trayvon Martin's mom, who mm-hmm. I talk to still. If you guys get a chance, please find a circle of mothers yeah. where there's mm-hmm. 100, 200 cases like this mm-hmm. that don't get the visibility and don't get the cameras, and they're strong women. Mm-hmm. Sabrina right now, uh, Trayvon's mom, who's running for a commissioner mm-hmm. uh, to try to do something different. Uh, this is the toughest time when things like this happen. My man Jack, when I saw him speaking on his Instagram, I called that black man. I said, hey, whatever you need from me. I'm a young boy from, well, older now, but I'm, I'm a young cat from Texas. I'm from Carroll, Texas. He from Texas. George Houston Yates, we used, to, we used to hear about how great their football team was. So we have a connection. So all I wanted to do is let you know that we're not afraid to stand. We're not afraid to stand. Mm-hmm. We're not afraid of the moment. And I think what you saw on television, to watch this man mm. plead for his mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As I sit mm. with my two daughters, mm-hmm. My nephews, who had just come from the grocery store where there was a little thing, and I said, hey, mm. you got to stop that. Mm. So what it does is it overcomplicates everything as a black man trying to tell his son or his daughter how to function in, li- in life. Mm-hmm. Even the things that we've taught them don't seem to work. Mm-hmm. And then there's this thing of contempt of cop where it is something simple 
and how does it escalate to something like what we have today? All we're trying to do is ask questions of why. Why is it when a person who walks into a church, sits down with the parishioners, prays with them, then takes out a gun and causes havoc, and you apprehend them? Right. Right. A white guy. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Why, when it comes to us, it seems like the brute force ends up what we're doing today. So all I wanted to do today was let you know that I'm not a celebrity. Mm-hmm. I'm from Terrell, Texas. Mm-hmm. These are my brothers. Talk about it. This means everything because at the end of the day, when we see you guys out here on the front line, mm-hmm. we want to let you know you got support. Yes. We want to let you know that anytime you need Thank us, you, you can call us, Thank we come. You, We're not afraid of this moment. Thank you, God, God bless George and his family. Yes, yes. Please wrap your arms around it. And to all of my friends who aren't black, just, just try to put yourself in our position. Mm-hmm. And, and, and thank you for, for what you're doing. That's all I want to say. We love you. We're here. We love you, we too. Love thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, family, and we're back. Thank you guys for viewing the video. Jamie, man, I tell you, he's impactful, man. It, I just, you know, when I seen him speaking, all I thought about was, was he in Texas talking? And then I started thinking to myself, like, man, I know this. If this brother got a plane ticket to go up to Minnesota to speak and to be around the people, which he did, I'm like, man, that's pretty, you know. The meme that I have in front of us now, it says, your nature is not their nature. This is our conversation about Jamie's comments. He made a pivot in his conversation and he was saying like, yo, he's trying to figure out why do they handle, why they, meaning the police officers, handle black people one way and they handle white people the other way. But he was kind of, he was playing politics a little bit because he know that when you're speaking to the majority culture, you got to have this non-threatening Negro kind of like conversation. So, he wasn't raising his voice. He wasn't showing any passion. He was very, like, level tone. This is how we know he was trying to speak to the majority of the culture. Trying to, like, win them over to help them see, like, yo, bro, you guys can't see, like, you got to be able to see this. They're taking a person for these small incidents. The police are coming out. They're ending up dead. But when you're calling the police on these guys that's murderers and shooters, they don't get apprehended the same way. What's up? And to our brother Jamie, what's up is that you cannot protest the nature out of anything that's living in their own nature. This is their nature. So when we look at this meme as an example, if the canine represents black people, original people, black, brown, red, and yellow, the snake, the serpent, as a representation of grafted people, there's nothing wrong with a snake. There's nothing wrong with a canine. They just have two different natures. Now, would it be knowledgeable for us with understanding to protest a dog out of his nature. Can you protest a dog out of his nature? Can you protest this serpent out of his nature? Can you protest any animal or creature out of their nature? 
The only thing that we have to do, like I always say on this podcast, we as black Americans, original people on planet Earth and the wilderness of North America is, if we just listen to our ancestors and our elders, we'll be fine. We really don't have to do nothing special. All other ethnicities do is listen to their ancestors and listen to the elders. Like, that's it. That's what religion is. You know, when you see a Jewish brother toting that Bible, toting that Talmud, going to that synagogue, that Bible is recorded history to who he considers his ancestors. That's your bloodline that's no longer here. And then the person in leadership at this Jewish synagogue is their elder. He's going to reinforce the words of an ancestor. If black Americans, we can just do the same thing. The most impactful ancestor that we had that really spoke on race relations, that was a great reformer of our people, is Elijah Muhammad, peace be upon him. What did Elijah teach us? That this grafted man is a devil. He wasn't spooky about it. He was, there's nobody under the ground. There's nobody floating. There's nobody on your left shoulder or your right shoulder trying to get you to do something that improper. No. The man that's walking around, he's grafted and he's a devil. So what do you do with that, Elijah? You stay away from him. You stay away from him. You go to your own stores as much as possible. You congregate with each other as most as possible. You do business with this guy. You do not go further than business. You do not go further than business. He is the devil. The etymology of devil just means adversary. In fact, Mr. Muhammad said he's your open enemy. <laughs> he don't even do nothing in secret. He did, you know... Yo, when you see the video, the when you see the video of um, is Mr. Floyd this week, right? It was Mr. Ahmad two weeks ago. When Mr. Muhammad said he's your open enemy, that's that's meaning that these actions wasn't taken in nighttime. Like when he when he ran up on Tremere Rice, they this is not happening in the middle of the night. This is broad daylight in front of everybody to see. You just so happen to have a camera, but you didn't have to, like, you were walking down the sidewalk, and you can witness your open enemy just doing what he does. But he's not doing anything wrong. He's acting out in his nature. This is his nature to do this. Let me show the family something, right? I want to show the family something. This is a real black consciousness forum meme, right? This is a meme. If you got the, uh, I would strongly encourage everybody to screenshot it, fact check it, make a comment about it, right? On the meme, it says that um, United Nations, they have a definition of what they would consider a country and a nation to be. It's a certain criteria that you have to meet. So according to United Nations, there's 195 countries on the planet. 195 now, right? Out this 195 countries, the United States, the so-called white man, have invaded 84 of the countries. 84 of them, right? Out that 195, 
countries, that is. The United States, so-called white man, has been militarily involved with the 191 of them out of the 195. Involved in the conflict as an invader or ally or an occupier or a guest or as a peacekeeping mission or their arms dealer. But you have to really look at these numbers and just let it marinate. Out of 195 countries, this man has been involved in 191 conflicts. Involvements. <laughs> Do you think that you can get out and protest him out of his nature? This, this is what he does when he, this is his nature. Mr. Muhammad, right, in message to the black man, he says, the devil is a devil regardless of place and time. The devil is the devil regardless of place and time. It doesn't matter where he's at, what century it is. It doesn't matter. He's going to be him. He is going to live in his nature. Once we understand that, because we out there protesting, family, we we protesting pretty heavy now, right? You can't beg a lion to stop being a lion. You can't beg a tiger to stop being a tiger. You can't beg gorillas to stop being gorillas. Once you see that jungle like nature, your mode of survival is avoiding him as much as possible. Just avoid them. This is the message that we had to give our youth. This is not racist teaching. I created some content and I refer to grafted Americans as devils, meaning they just mean adversary. I showed a picture earlier of the Amish community hanging out, supporting George Floyd's legacy. There's a lot of good-hearted devils protesting, marching with our people. Man, there's a lot of them out there, bro. There's a lot of them. Even in that, you just got to avoid them. Because if you love them like you think that they love you, it's best that you avoid them now because you're putting them in harm's way of their own people. But if all of us just stay out of the way, if we just stay out of the way, one thing I have to respect is the Hispanic community, man. There are more Hispanics in the wilderness of North America than it is black people. But Hispanics have figured out a way of staying out of the way of the majority culture. They don't do a lot of responses. They don't do a lot of marches. They don't do a lot of protests. In fact, the only time you're going to really see our brown brothers and sisters protest is when they stand next to us. Like they come out in New York and stand next to us and protest for something. But if something that they just not, they don't they don't really get involved like that. Like the Asian community don't really get involved. They just kind of like hang under the radar. 
we, underneath the guidance of liberals, not trying to make it political, we love to come out and protest something. And everything we think, we say it on the camera. How we feel, how angry we are. You know, I'm saying we speaking it in front of them on their media tools. They put the camera right in our face. They put the camera right in our face. And we show our anger and our hurt and pain in front of them. And it's not going to change them, man. They've been on our people's head for 270 years, bro. 270 years, sis. If you, you know, 270 years. And before they was on our head, they was on our red brothers and sisters' head. The natives. What we got to learn as original people is this. You know, when you see the circus, right? The circus, every so often it comes to your town. When you don't see the circus, that doesn't mean they're packed up sitting at home. No, that doesn't how that work. The circus takes this show on the road every time, all the time. They move to this city, set up, perform. Then they go to the next city, set up, perform. Then they go to the next city after that, set up and perform. But before you know it, while they're performing, they make their way back around to their home place of origin. And then they run the circus all over again. Do you see what I'm saying, family? We have this thing fixed in our mind that there was one type of grafted American when we was on the plantation, right? And now he's more or less wicked when we start sharecropping. And he was more or less wicked when we was in Jim Crow. Then the universe sent us Elijah Muhammad, peace be upon him, along with Malcolm and Martin King, peace be upon them, and Marcus Garvey, peace be upon them all. And... In this 50-year time frame, these great men were sent to our people, not to leave out noble Drew Ali as well. Peace be upon him. And somehow we think every generation, this man is getting less wicked and less wicked and less wicked, and that's not happening. What's going on is that this show, this circus show that he's been running, he's just been going around the world running the circus show. He's been in Central America running the circus show. He's been in Nicaragua running the circus show. He's been in Iraq running the circus show. In Afghanistan, and Syria, and Libya, and the Congo. He's just running around during this circus show. In fact, I can recall maybe like 15 years ago when they had the U.S. soldiers taking the pictures with the Iraqis, putting the German shepherds on them, right? Piling the, piling the Iraqi men up and taking pictures, thumbs up in front of them and urinating on them. And if you looked at the Jim Crow pictures and how our people were suffering, right, with the German shepherds being sicked on them, and then you look and you see what the U.S. soldiers was doing 
was sicking the German shepherds on the Iraqi locals. It was the same thing. But when you have knowledge yourself, you know that that that's just a circus show that went on the road. But the thing about the circus is that no matter where they go on the road, eventually that circus show makes it back home. The question that we have to be answering as far as you and I is, what are we going to do when that circus come full force back home? Peace and black power to your family. Thank you guys so much for listening to Real Black Power to this forum, man. Thanks for hanging out with the podcast, family. Until next time, man, i get it with you guys later. Peace.